Are you, are you listening to me? We're covering the Hunger Games today, baby. Strange things occurring every day in quarantine. So just listen to Let's Talk About Books, baby. Hi, and welcome to Let's Talk About Books, baby. I'm Kayla. And I'm Lindsay. And oh. today... <laughs> Today's a special <laughs> day. Another special episode. We've been on a Hunger Games high, I guess you would say, and we are going to be discussing the brand new prequel book, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. And holy cow, the name is so accurate. I was like, how is this going to work into the title? And then as you're reading it, you're like, oh. So give me your overall thoughts, because my overall thoughts were three stars, Three, yeah, I, would, I mean, I'd say about three, three stars. stars. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I, three and a half, maybe. I See, I was going to say maybe two and a half, and I bumped it up just because of The Hunger Games. I think it I thought, that, yeah, the book up until the third part was fine. I wouldn't yeah. say it was amazing, but I would but say it was good. fine. Yeah. It was good. It got everything that we needed to know. And I really feel like it was like 200 pages too long and it could have been extremely condensed. Really the only thing I cared about was, well, obviously Snow's character, but I wanted to see the Hunger Games. That's what's exciting is to see the Hunger Games and see all the tributes and kind of figure out what's going to happen and what they're going to do. And so I really only cared about that section that had the 10th Hunger Games in it. That was the most exciting part to me. Uh, Everything before and after kind of was just like blah in my mind. Really? Okay, so I actually really enjoyed it because in the Hunger Games, we saw everything from Katniss's point of view. We don't see anything from what's happening in the Capitol. I mean, we see it in the movie, but like, I mean, a kind of a vague inclination of, of what it would be like. Very vague. But it was really interesting, especially because it's like, we don't know how the Hunger Games really evolved. So this is giving you a chance to see what it evolved from and what it evolved to, which is just so interesting. We got to see that before the 10th Hunger Games, or even Mm -hmm. the 10th Hunger Games that's in the book, no one cared. They literally threw the tributes into an old, like, what, football stadium? Is that what it was? There was nothing crazy about it. No cornucopia, no sponsors, no cool arena. It was the same every single year, and no one watched it. Not even people in the Capitol. And I think that that actually really speaks to people's character. There's this thing about Dr. Call where she says that basically people are inherently violent, but it's like, no, Dr. Call, you are, because the truth is no one wanted to watch it up until then. The only reason that people started watching it and became so accustomed to this violence, which I think really speaks to normalizing violence and becoming desensitized, is because you made it a game. a spectacle and that's it right. well, it became entertainment instead mm-hmm. of a lesson yes. as they kept saying you know oh it's a lesson okay so if it's a lesson does it really need to be something that everybody watches and everyone enjoys and people start betting on no you don't no. need to do that but no. then she wanted to make it this big huge 
entertainment thing where people sit down and watch. Watch kids kill other kids. And then that's obviously how we get to the book, The Hunger Games, where we see the 74th Annual Hunger Games being the crazy spectacle that it is. Yeah. So I thought that it was it was super, super interesting to see how it started yeah. and how it was nothing, not even to the people in the Capitol, that they didn't even care exactly. because they thought that it was too much. They didn't want to see it until it became this form of entertainment. Yes, which I will say is really interesting because first Snow cared about the Hunger Games, right? Mm-hmm. First first he cared about making a name for himself. Then he right. cared about getting Lucy Snow out. Lucy Snow. Oh, I wish. <laughs> Lucy Gray out. And then, again, he cared about snow. Like, it's kind of this, you know, sandwich thing. It's interesting that he actually ended up making it the spectacle that it was while actually trying to save the girl that he loved, which I think is actually a great segue into the love story. So what were your thoughts on it? I didn't believe that either he... I think that he liked her. I don't think that it was love. On both ends of Lucy Gray... And Snow. C- can we just not say Coriolanus? Let's just call him please, Snow, please. Just call him Snow. I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to say Coriolanus all the fucking time. So on Lucy Gray's side, she was trying to get out of the Hunger Games, just like Katniss was trying to get out of the Hunger Games with PETA. She made this love story happen as a survival t- tactic, right? And Snow, on the other side, he wanted to win as the mentor, because that was notoriety, fame, and money for him. All three things that he needed and wanted to continue his life and his education. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like it's very easy, kind of like we talked about when we talked about the Hunger Games, it's kind of easy to have these feelings conflict each other and make it seem like it's true love, romantic love, when in reality, on both sides, it's survival. Really funny that you say that, because in my psychology class, when I went to Davis, one of my teachers said, if you are going on a date with a girl or a guy, and you want them to like you, take them to an amusement park, because fear and love take the same like neural pathways or something like that. So they won't be sure if they're afraid or if they really like you. What I will say is I do disagree. I actually think for me personally, and I think it actually makes sense because you and I disagreed in terms of the Hunger Games. We disagree in terms of this one. Personally, I think that Lucy Gray actually really liked him because if she didn't, when she saw him at the first song where she first laid eyes on him after the Hunger Games in District 12, she was so happy to see him. And I think maybe it wasn't love necessarily, but I definitely think they really liked each other. And it would make me sad when Snow would say stuff. Like there was at one point where he was like, maybe I didn't like her. Maybe this was just for the fame. Maybe this was just for the notoriety, as you said. And, And I was like, no, you can want both. I think that that's the sad thing is that people think like it can only be one way or another. It's like, no, like you do want those things, but you want to 
be in love and have a good life for your wife. But in truth, I think that I think that he liked her. I think that she liked him. I think she liked him a lot. Actually, I think she liked him more than he liked her, to be honest, because there was no it, it's not the same as it was in the Hunger Games where it's like you can strategize and stuff like that. I think she truly went in there liking him. And I think that she saved him during the explosions when she could have run off. You know, she really enjoyed being around him. And then she didn't know he was going to give her his mother's compact. All these things. I think that she was just there being with him in in her final days because I don't think she thought she was going to make it out. And I think she was like feeling that those feelings towards Snow really gave her something to live for in her final days, quote unquote, because it's like she, you know, she had something to hold on to and something to fight for. But I will say that I think Snow, while I think he really liked her, I think that he is Coriolanus Snow, who... <laughs> It, right? Anus. Um, I think that he's Coriolanus Snow, and I think that power just meant more to him than her. And I think that that is who he is as a person, and I don't think that there's anything that can change that, even the love of a woman, and which is just such a bummer because – and I, I think I mentioned this to you before we started recording. He's very much, to me, like George Warleggen in Poldark. He came from – kind of hard times. He became synonymous, like his name became synonymous with, oh, power and blah, 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 blah. But it's like, he was always so afraid of losing that power. And I think that that drove him to do some really, really messed up things. Yeah. And I think kind of to the point of coming from nothing too, and kind of, or sorry, he did come from something, but during the war and everything kind of after that, his family lost a lot of money. They were barely oh, yeah. getting by, which oh, I yeah. thought was very interesting because we didn't know anything about the capital being what it is. Mm-hmm. And I find it interesting that the capital also struggled with yes. hunger, with lack of food, lack of resources. And it took a while for the capital to get up to the point that we see it in the first Hunger Games book. That's a very interesting concept to me because it's so clear that war in general ravished the country. It was terrible for everybody. And despite that, the capital wanted to continue to kill off people and children and use that as a source of you can't continue to fight us. You can't continue to rebel against us because look what it did before Mm -hmm. when in reality, it's kind of like, well, it did it to you too. It did it to the capital as well. The capital struggled with it too. And so I find that very interesting because obviously Snow and his family, and we didn't mention this yet, but Tigris is his freaking cousin. I oh died. That's on the first page. And I swear to God, I, I looked at it and I was like, no fucking way. This yes. is such a great plot twist because at the very end of Mockingjay, Katniss looks her in the face and says, I'm going to kill him for you. Yes. Right. And Tigress says, at least in the movie, in the book, I don't think she ever talks because she just like purrs in the yes. book. In the movie, she says, he didn't think I was pretty enough. Yes, anymore exactly. or what, or you didn't think I was beautiful anymore and I thought that that was so interesting because Tigris was really the one 
nurturing Snow and helping him along as his older cousin. Both of them had lost their parents in the war. Mm-hmm. They were both living with their grandmam or whatever. <laughs> yeah. and, and it was just, it's funny because we also get to see this part where Snow mentions that she was eating the raw meat. Yes. And I thought that was very, very interesting. Me too. A good callback to, the, to Mockingjay. So to go back to the Snow family in general, you know, they're struggling, but they don't want people to know that. Mm-hmm. They have this facade that they have to keep up. And the perception of what, or what people viewed Snow and the Snow family, the Snow empire as, that was so important to him that he would stop at nothing to make sure that that facade stayed up. It's so funny that he had this perception of the Snow family because he didn't even like his dad. Yeah. What are you fighting for? I mean, why does the name matter so much to you when your dad didn't do anything really for it either? You know, like your dad was kind of a dick, it sounds like. So why are you, why do you care so much to continue that lineage or whatever? To go back to your point about the war-torn countries and stuff like that, God, I I had so many feelings about this because we are seeing this now, you know, in the world as it is. But I think that something that really struck a chord in me was the fact that, I mean, really, it kind of goes back to Mockingjay. A lot of these connections that I'm making are between Mockingjay and the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes because... Yes, you're right. The capital is still like they're they're really not doing that well. Like there's that part where he says one of his classmates um was had to be a cannibal at some point or that her dad was, but chances are she probably was too if her dad was cooking, right? But yeah, so like that's the truth is that they they came to a point where you know, they did suffer too. And and Snow and his classmates, they didn't ask to be a part of that war no more than Katniss and her family did. But I think there was this idea of superiority of birth so you know mm-hmm. like that like it, it's ridiculous and then you have Sejanus who like comes in and he's like I've seen both sides and I hate this side but then you have his dad who came from district two and moved into the capital and he loves it so I think it's so sad and, and but then like I was saying going back to Mockingjay first off you have the community suffering capital and district suffering, district suffering more, obviously. And I think that you see the capital really, really, really trying to hold on to their control, the control that they have. And then you move into Mockingjay where the capital has clearly thrived. And then all of a sudden, like the the districts that are just the lowest of the low. And then once once coin takes over, she's like, we're going to have another Hunger Games. And even at some point, Sejanus is saying, uh, Sejanus and, and Lysistrata are saying like, this is ridiculous. And Tigris as well. They're saying like, this is disgusting. Why are we treating them like they're less than? And so it's like, there are people there who believe in having everything be equal and having people be kind to one another and stuff like that. And and you don't see it because you're kind of overwhelmed by, you know, the capital people hating on them because they're low or whatever. But um, I think that it's like even then you saw people who they would have hated coin too. Coin, again, just another side of the coin, if you will. It's really sad because I think truly, truly, you know, we're looking at stuff happening in the world. And it's like, yeah, I mean, if you're going to go from one extreme to the other, if you're going to say these people are awful, terrible, blah, 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 then yeah, once the district's got their hands on power, of course, at some point, someone would think like, 
you know, the Hunger Games were a good idea. So that's why I think that in the end of Mo- uh, Mockingjay, uh, President Paylor came in, right? I think that mm-hmm. it was such a smart idea because she was actually giving them, uh, giving the whole country the option of living in peace and coexisting together. I wanted to go back to what you said about how they kind of treated the districts as a lesser race, really. Mm -hmm. And that even though they were all human, there was this element of, oh, we're from the capital and you're from the districts. And so you are basically animals. They treated them like pure, true animals. They put the tributes in the monkey cages at the zoo. I thought that this was really funny, knowing what we know, obviously, because this is a prequel. And so knowing what we know about the Hunger Games series and the Hunger Games when they're in their 74th year, that they had all the tributes together. And they they went into this 10th Hunger Games with half of the tributes already freaking dead. Isn't that so interesting? From lack of food, from peacekeepers shooting them, from whatever. And so obviously all the tributes that go into the actual Hunger Games have a better advantage because there's less of them. Um, And so I thought that that was very interesting that this concept of the Hunger Games was clearly in its infancy. You know, it was only 10 years and it was very like no one really knew where it was going to go. They didn't even care enough to make sure that they had the amount of children that they needed in the actual games to make it work. And I truly actually believe that, you know, the explosion in the arena when they were walking, doing the walkthrough, I truly actually believe that it was the Capitol that did it. And it's, yeah, it's not clear, obviously, if it was the Rebels. Um, And this is why I I feel, I think I would have appreciated, I know that we this book was supposed to be about Snow and kind of his rise to power. What would have wanted to see this book or wanted to see it from Snow's perspective a little bit later, you know, when he's maybe in his 30s and he's finally going to about to become president. How did he actually get to be president? You know, the book doesn't touch on that. And, you know, the last section I was like, where the fuck is this going? I really (laughs) had no idea how we were going to get from there to where we get in the first Hunger Games book. And so I was a little disappointed because obviously background of like, oh, Snow came up with the idea of the sponsors and getting the the tributes food and, and stuff like that. That's obviously very important. And he he wanted to monetize the games and, and make it this event, this entertainment. Yes. But I think I would have appreciated at least this particular games from Lucy Gray's perspective or even any of the tributes, I think would have been so much more powerful. I almost expected one of the sections to flip perspectives. I really would have appreciated that. It would have given us so much more depth. This is the thing with prequels. You go into it knowing the ending because we know what snow turned into we know how it ended for him and mockingjay and it's very hard to make it appealing to a reader when you know what's going to happen in the end right and i think it would have been great to have seen it from lucy gray's perspective what did she think of snow at that time in his life when he's 18 years old, what was her perception of him? You know, like, or you believe that she loved him. And I think that she loved him for the survival aspect or whatever, but I want to be in her thoughts, just like we were in Katniss's thoughts. What was she thinking? Was she thinking, okay, this guy clearly likes power. And this guy clearly needs 
uh, someone to want him and, and to rely on him. And he clearly wants to win these games for different reasons. What can I do to make him appreciate me and use me to get there so that I live? You know, what if that was the, from that perspective, I would have so, I would just would have appreciated a different perspective because honestly, I think snow's a little boring. We oh, know yeah. what happened with him. There's there was nothing that really gave me any additional perspective into who he turned out to be because even at the beginning of this book we see him having these thoughts about his classmates and he clearly has who he is later on it just hasn't really been developed yet and I still didn't really feel like it was developed by the very end yeah. of the book so you know, actually, I wanted to touch on that because there's this concept. I, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's called the four temperaments. So there's four temperaments. Everyone falls into one or two of the categories. We're all, of course, a little bit of each to an extent, but we, we hug one side more than another. So my temperament, I would be called phlegmatic sanguine or sanguine phlegmatic. I haven't figured out which one's my primary. So you have sanguine at the top, phlegmatic off to the right. On the bottom is melancholic, and on the left is choleric. I think 100% that Snow is choleric. Sometimes you'd say that this person has a bad temperament, but a choleric is someone who they treat you better depending on the value that they see in you. I do feel that to an extent that is who he is because Sejanus, he didn't actually treat him well until he could get value from him some sort of value like he was like I'm never speaking to him again once you got out, once he got out of the arena and then he was like you know what maybe I'll maybe I'll go visit him and maybe his dad will give me money and then when he became a peacekeeper later he was like bummed and then Sejanus comes but when he came he was like finally I have someone who knows where I came from and I can share my fears and my sadness and all this stuff and I was like he only values him when he has something that he wants that's true and it's he was treating his friends like that and he mm -hmm. was treating Lucy Gray like that like oh Lucy Gray can get me a spot at the university you know and Lucy Gray can get me money and fame and whatever I'm going to be really into her and I'm going to put my time and effort into making this work. Um, yeah, I think that that's a really good, that's a great perspective on the temperaments and I can totally, he's 100% yeah. Kalara. I have a friend, if anyone's super interested in the four temperaments and seeing what temperament you are. And uh, he actually teaches a really cool workshop on the four temperaments. I've taken it twice. You need to take it like three times so you can truly, truly appreciate it. It tells you what kind of foods are best for someone who's of a certain temperament. But yeah, like that slow decline that's ended up being facilitated, you know, it was like... I didn't see where where the snow that we know and loathe, where he was going to come from at first. But then with those little details with his friends, that was when I started seeing it. I was like, right. oh, this mofo, you know, he treats right. his friends like A, B, C, and D. You know, he's he, like Sejanus, the sweetest guy. And, and he's sitting there, again, kind of treating him like he's district scum. Like, not to not to call the district people scum, but, like, that's how they see them. And it just it just breaks my heart. And you, you, see, you see that decline. You see him slowly becoming this person. Um, and then, honestly, I had so much hope for him 
when he became a peacekeeper because I was like, oh my God, now he can go be with Lucy and blah, blah, blah. But then it's like, I found myself being like, you know, you're living in a fantasy world because we know where he ends up. So it's so funny because I knew very little about the book before I started reading it. You know, I did not want to know any spoilers. I knew that it was going to be about snow. I knew that it was going to be about the games and that there was going to be someone, a tribute involved or whatever. And so at the very end, when he becomes a peacekeeper and he goes to District 12, I, this is where I thought it was going to go. And I'm glad it didn't. It would have been a little too uh, on the nose, but I thought that perhaps he would have knocked up someone, Lucy Gray, uh, ideally, right? And that child would have been Katniss's grandmother or something. Right, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And so I, that's where I thought it was going, truly. I was like, okay, he's in District 12. He's going to be a peacekeeper for who knows how long, right? How long is he going to be there? We don't know when he became president. Yeah, We don't know any of those details. And he's like 83 in the first Hunger Games book. That's really fucking old. That's not Mm -hmm. how old Donald Sutherland is, not that old. But um, (laughs) he- God bless an old man and we don't know when he became president. They don't, they don't really specify that he was president, you know, X amount of years before that. And so I didn't know, was he going to do his 20 years as a peacekeeper, live in 12, maybe hop around to a couple other districts and yeah. Would there be more books? Exactly. Would there be more books about him? And yeah, I thought that it was going to be, okay, he's going to father a child with Lucy Gray. Lucy Gray is not going to say who the father is. They're going to have a baby and that baby's going to be Katniss's dad's mom's, you know, whatever. And that would have just been annoying because clearly Katniss is a descendant of Lucy Gray. First off, Lucy Gray sings, and uh, which I really wish that they would have said something along these lines. When Katniss's father would sing, Peta said that the birds would stop singing, like because they would yeah. hear him singing. And then I wish that there would have been a parallel. Like I wish, I wish Coriolanus at some point would have been like when she started singing, the birds stopped. Something okay. to connect the two, but they never, they never fully that's, say. And that's- Right. That's the thing about this book is it was it was disappointing that there's all these parallels that you can see, but that aren't confirmed, you know, and so it's like left up to your imagination, like, okay, Lucy Gray, she's clearly, you know, or Katniss comes from Lucy Gray's extended family, you know, they're all they're the singers, and they live in the seam and, you know, whatever, but none of it is ever confirmed. And that bothers me, because it's like, I just want to know, you know, <laughs> I think Give me the, something. the author, she wants to leave you hanging, wants to leave you considering what if, but honestly, if it could have been that in the epilogue, he went back to district 12 and saw that mm-hmm. she married someone with the last name Everdeen. I think that would have right. just been a boom. Like, cause you've got or all even- these hints and then boom, drop bomb, you know? Or even um, Hawthorne, if she was, if Gail came from her or someone who, like, there was even this part where he, like, walked by the bakery and he talked to the baker's Mm -hmm. wife or whatever. And it's like, okay, that's Peta's great grandma or that's Peta's, you know, whatever. Yes. And so I just wish there was some sort of connection between kind of all the people who irked Snow and that he got to, because he's in freaking 12 you know he's there and it's like I wanted some sort of confirmation that like this is this person's ancestor or whatever I didn't like that he had such a hatred for the Mockingjays I know um I felt like that was a little too again on the nose he (laughs) 
he's okay with the Jabber Jays or like semi okay with the Jabber Jays. Like he mentions that he's like fine with them because they're from the again, from the capital. Again, because they're of use to him, of value. Exactly. Exactly. I didn't like that he was like, oh, but the mocking jays, they're they don't make sense. They're, you know, whatever. When clearly the love of his life, Lucy Gray, is obsessed with mocking jays and and talks about mocking jays a lot. And yet he still has this intense hatred for them. I just felt like it was a little too too much foreshadowing of like this is why he hates Katniss because Katniss becomes the Mockingjay for the rebellion or whatever. But I just felt like that was a little too like, we didn't need that. We didn't need that. Cause we don't see in the books, obviously cause they're from Katniss's perspective, but we don't see Snow seethe at the fact that she's a Mockingjay. You know what I mean? Like we don't see him be like pulling his hair out that, Oh my God, Katniss is a Mockingjay and I fucking hate Mockingjays. <laughs> You know what I mean? I think that it did foreshadow, but I think it foreshadowed something else. If you think about it, he finds value in Jabberjays because they are from the capital. He is okay with uh, mockingbirds. He's fine with those. He doesn't care. He, like They're insignificant to him, but he hates the two combined. And I think that it's interesting because he, in this case, is the Jabberjay, Jabberjay coming from the capital. Lucy Gray is the mockingbird coming from the district. So really, the idea of the two commingling could never work because mm-hmm. even on the level of birds, he thinks that the two should not commingle because one is superior to another. So I think that, you know, he he does not think that there should be commingling between districts capital even though she she is not district she's you know she she couldn't be district. she's not like stop it and he he kept trying to push that point home that like oh she's not actually district she's basically capital blah 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 but he still has this thing in the back of his mind that yeah she is district she comes from district 12 i kind of i kind of got very very um southern vibes from her like super southern vibes did you i read every line with a little baby oh well honey (laughs) well and then that song they think they're like oh oh darling song and i'm like oh my darling yeah i'm like oh darling like i just read it like that to the point of songs actually lucy gray wrote hanging tree about Mm -hmm. An event that Snow witnessed called for his love to flee. Mm-hmm. You know, he witnessed that guy hanging and called for his love to flee. He said, run, Lil, run. And it, again, it, this is because we are seeing everything from Katniss's perspective in Mockingjay. But again, why did we not see Snow? Like, we, we I want to see Snow being like pulling his hair out that like, Katniss is singing this hanging tree song. That was my love song. You know, that was what mm-hmm. my, the love of my life wrote that song. And I was there when she wrote it and she used it as a way to talk to me to say, Hey, let's meet up at the hanging tree. And he, we don't see that obviously in Mockingjay, but I just, I feel like there could have been something like we're given all this backstory and like all these, these calls toward the original trilogy you know where we're like okay I get that I get that that's a reference that's a reference yeah but it's still it can be a reference but it just didn't make sense still you know what I mean like it, it's too on the nose again like too life isn't like that isn't so perfectly lined up and parallel like that 
It's so funny because I actually really like that she wrote The Hanging Tree. I think it's such a cool, like, I think it's so cool. I liked it, but I just wish that, I I guess, and this is because obviously this book came out after, I just would have liked to see Snow in Mockingjay react in a different way to to the Mockingjay and to The Hanging Tree song one of the reasons why he might not have was because in the end he left her. Like, That's I don't, true. I, well, I, actually, here's a question. Do you think Lucy Gray giving off any sort of vibes that she didn't trust him? See, I feel like, yes, I okay. feel like she was being a little bit, I don't want to say non-committal, but kind of like, yes, let's do what you want to do. You know, like, I'll follow you. Okay. And and then she wanted to go to the cabin by the lake, which was a little bit out of their way. But, you know, she was like, let's, I want to see it one more time. They didn't need to go stop there. You know, so I, I, there are certain things that aren't confirmed, obviously. And I just wish that they were so we could have a solid answer. And to me, that's how I read it, though, was that, she wasn't a hundred percent okay with him, but he also admits as they're walking, he's like, Oh man, I've killed three people. And she's like, who's the third, you know, he killed Bobbin in the, in the hunger games. He killed Mayfair and he killed Sejanus, but she didn't know. Well, he didn't kill Sejanus, but his actions he led to it. Yes, exactly. And he's checking that box is like, I killed him. Like he has this yeah. conscious thought of like, I killed him. And so he like, oh, he's like, oh, I killed my old self. But Lucy Gray is smart and she knows that something is up. Yeah. And so I think that she, there's just this element of like, she doesn't fully trust him. Here's the funny thing is that he never caught her and no one ever found out about those things. I don't know that she didn't come back. Uh, you're right everything unconfirmed right but I do think that that's that's kind of an interesting thing if it had been the case she would have gone it would have been spread of by word of mouth but it didn't it didn't it didn't even make it back to Sejanus's parents I don't know you know it's it's kind of it's kind of up in the air and I to me that's that's the takeaway from that is that it never made it out of District 12. I don't even know that it made it. It didn't make it around District 12. If it had, I'm sure something like that would have still been talked about later on. That is kind of also a testament to him. You know, later on, we hear Finnick saying that like he bribes people, he poisons people, he does all mm-hmm. these things. And that's kind of the start of it for him. Recording Sejanus, he killed Mayfair because he didn't want to be caught with the rebels. It's kind of that start of it for him of of poisoning, of killing, of doing things to forge his path to power. Yes. And how interesting is it that he, he chose poison as his weapon and Lucy Gray's weapon was poison in the games? Not only rat poison, but also the snake venom, which is poison. That's true. I think it's a a kiss to my sweetheart, basically. It's like a, I love you, Lucy Gray. You know, like, I really do. I just, oh my God. One of the last things I wanted to talk about was the sympathizers. Yeah. I loved the sympathizers in this book, the capital sympathizers. So Lysistrata, um, Sejanus, Tigris, like these people 
are good, wholesome people that really just want an end to the Hunger Games. And I loved Lysistrata because she actually, I think, liked Jessup a lot. Um, I think she cared for him. Maybe not even like a crush or anything like that. Because in the end, I think if he had been her crush, she would have probably like cried when he died or something, you know, but she kind of wanted to be left alone. And I think the reason being was because she really wanted him to win because she knew he was a good guy. And there was a time where she like brought him like some sort of a like an ointment for his uh, what they thought was a rat bite. And she brought it for him. And she was like, I brought this, you know, you'll want to put it on your neck. And then he just was like, uh, and just like grunted. And I was like, She's not even getting anything back from him, which a lot of people, when when they weren't getting things back, they were like, oh my God, my, my tribute's so stupid. He's almost so stupid. He can't even, like, he's not even human, you know, just grunts like a caveman. But it's like with her, she's like, like, no, we're doing this to him. He has every right to treat, to treat me this way. But then, you know, he like shields her body and she, and then she openly goes in front of the Capitol and it's like, he is a good person. He was a good person. He shielded me with his body. And she's like, it wasn't calculated. It was a reflex. He's just a good person. I also wanted to just briefly mention his grandma. Again, this is a little too on the nose, but his grandma calling him, oh, one day you're going to be president. One day you're going to rule the country. And I was like, Come on, Grandma. Like, I, I get it that she was a little bit crazy. Not all there. She was a little bit yeah. sad. Why didn't she say that about Tigris? Again, we didn't really get to see how he actually became president. And no, I yeah. kind of regret that we didn't get to see that. I would have really appreciated this book being more like, let's see his, you know, swearing in ceremony. Let's see him actually get there. Because this was just all this backstory. So maybe there will be another book. You know, I guess we don't, we don't know. But I could see there being another one. Honestly, if the epilogue would have included him being like being sworn in as president or something like that, would have been, I would have been a lot more satisfied. Yeah, it's, it's just, I think it was a really good book. But I think you were right in that it could have been condensed by like 200 pages my thing was in in regards to the grandma calling him that like when I first started the book at the very beginning of the book she's like oh you're gonna be president blah 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 and I kept thinking oh is there something in his lineage that tells him he's gonna be president like I thought that that was what it was but the truth is no she's just some grandma that's like oh my son's gonna my grandson's gonna be an astronaut you know like crap (laughs) like come on grandma you know, you just say it and it comes to fruition. Like, I mean, and in the end, he does end up becoming president. I guess it makes sense. A little, it was just a little too, this foreshadowing that we didn't need because we know that he's going to be president. We want to know how he becomes president. We want to know how he gets there. Yeah. Not just, oh, you're going to be president one day and we know he's going to be president one day. And then we don't even get the how. We don't even get the, the how did he actually make it there? So yeah. His actions show me how be- he became a game maker. Yes. But not how he became not a, not a president at all. No. no. Him going, seeing District 12, seeing these different districts, and, and really kind of getting a vibe for the people, I guess to an extent that gave him some leverage on how to be a president. But only only because it's like, well, yeah, we got to keep him in check. You know, I don't know. I, I really right. think that have done more to to satisfy that that thirst that we have you know right yeah I agree but overall I mean I was glad to to revisit 
the Capitol to, or to see the Capitol from a Capitol citizen's perspective, you know, and know at that. I'm disappointed because I thought it could be more than it was. So sure. And, you know, I truly loved, I mean, I thought that the love story was actually very cute. Like the, you know, you know, you have snow, you have Lucy Gray, who clearly is some descendant of uh, Katniss's because, you know, she has the long curly brown hair and the long braid and she sings and she's from the seam. Like, Clearly, there's this this sweet love story there, which kind I guess kind of does speak to his hatred for Katniss later on. But yeah, it could have been condensed, but still overall, I thought really good. Like, you know, maybe like three, three and a half stars. I'll see if I read it again. But truly, like The Hunger Games, so easy to get through. But like this book, I will say a little harder, a little harder. Wait. We both kind of trudged through it. Um, I kind of had to force myself. Once I got to that third part... Every page was like, it felt so hard to turn. I was just like, come on, let's like, get somewhere. I don't but care. If, we, if, we, if that last section had been cut out completely, changed the ending of the second section and popped a better epilogue in there, oh, five stars. Uh, Mamma mia. I would have yeah. been, been okay with it. I would have been down. Oh yeah. my god. But guys, like honestly, pick it up. Like if if you want to revisit the Capitol, if you want to revisit the seam and see really what the Hunger Games was about before the Hunger Games that we know, you want to read this book. And and if you want to see it from yeah, and if you want to see it from a mentor's perspective, like it's so to me that was such an interesting part. The second part was my favorite. It was so interesting and and truly I think I think that you'll enjoy it. If you like the Hunger Games, I think that to an extent I think you really will enjoy it. Uh, maybe not as much as the Hunger Games, but it's kind of in my mind um, akin to the cursed child, what the cursed child mm. is to Harry Potter where it's like you read it because it's part of the series but it doesn't necessarily do anything for you or you don't necessarily think about it all the time. Like I, the cursed child sucks. The cursed child is trash. But like this one, I just feel like I probably will not read it again. I'll probably keep it around and maybe I'll pick it up and read that second section again one day. But like, I'm not really about it. So I read it because it's part of the Hunger Games and that made me excited. And I was okay with reading it because of that. But overall, not really my speed so darn but let us know what you think of it comment on our instagram we want to hear what your thoughts are on mm-hmm. the ballad of songbird and snakes yes and please rate review subscribe really just so just so we know you're there listening i mean we see it but we want to know who's listening we want to know what books you're reading If you have any recommendations on what we should read or talk about next, uh, let us know. Please. All right, you guys. We shall miss you until next week. And may the odds be ever in your favor. (laughs) Bye. Bye.